just by being near and around a high performer or a positive person that you increase your own productivity output by 15%. There is that misconception of stage hypnosis and hypnotherapy. And by being around a negative person, you decrease your output by 30%. So if you imagine that the top part of the iceberg that you see is the small part, we would deem as your conscious mind, and that's deemed to be around 5%. That therefore means that 95% of your mind is subconscious. And if we're not aware of it, how are you expecting to control and alter 95% of your habits, your reactions? From the city of Beaky Blinders, Birmingham, England, I would like to introduce you to Paddy Dandar. As the world becomes more automated and the robots take over, it's imperative that we build the right human skills for the future. So pull up a chair, grab a smoser or two, and make yourself very uncomfortable. Dear friend, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Superpower School podcast. I'm your host, Paddy Dander, and on today's episode, I have someone who is a performance coach and a hypnotherapist. We have a few things in common. We both enjoy football. Don't support the same teams, but I think we definitely respect each other's football clubs. And he's from the UK, which is amazing. I rarely get guests from the UK on this podcast, so I'm super pleased to have somebody local who's in my time zone as well. I have the amazing Leo Housen on the show today. Hey, Leo, how are you doing? Hey, buddy. Really good to hear. Really excited about the conversations we're going to have. And just want to say, up the villa. Well, I'm a West Bromwich Albion fan in terms of my home team, but I do support Liverpool. I probably lost half my listeners just by saying that, but sorry, Manu, that's the way it is. All great teams. All great teams. And you guys are doing very well at the moment. So yeah, congratulations on that. So Leo, I was speaking to you just before we kicked off and uh, you were telling me a few really interesting aspects of what you do and where you started off. And you mentioned you started as an entrepreneur. I'd love to here, even before you became an entrepreneur, what was a young Leo doing as he was growing up? And what was your mindset like back then? I always just had that growth mindset. And I was just inherently positive. And I've realized I didn't appreciate that when I was younger. And I appreciate that a lot now. Being able to always see a problem, solve a problem first, and then worry about why it happened afterwards. And that's something I live by now and especially the industries I've worked in and with coaching it's to be able to have that ability to say here's a problem what do we do to solve it and then look at it afterwards is something I've always done with that positive mindset that growth mindset. And when you say positive mindset because I love positivity as well I've found that when I'm around people especially negative people I really struggle now because there's just a different level of pace with the conversation. I'm always trying to be upbeat. And then if the other person is very negative and downbeat, it feels like there's an imbalance. And, and I appreciate, hey, we all have ups and downs and we shouldn't have to act the part. But I do find when I meet other positive people, I just have that natural vibe. So how did you discover that? Was that based on feedback from other people or did you just find yourself being really positive? Yeah. And, and interesting when you said that, um, I can be a bit of a stats person and it's it's scientifically proven that just by being near and around a high performer or a positive person 
that you increase your own productivity output by 15%. And by being around a negative person, you decrease your output by 30%. So it's a scientifically proven. So that feeling you're getting is, it's not just a feeling, it's completely science backed. Those people around you that are negative do drag you down 100%. And I'm really conscious of that as well. It's something that I think we all should be conscious of. And to answer your question, I, I don't really think I knew at the time. I was just as I was, which I guess is great in a way. And then as I got older and maybe as you get older, you start talking to people about different things, different experiences and you know, going through sixth form, going through university. It would, so as I had like a, a deadline looming, it almost get me excited about oh, I'm under pressure here. Like I need this pressure I love, I thrive under and I'm going to just get this work out. I was excited to do it. Whereas people around me are like, oh, I've got, this, got to do this. And you know, negative energy. I wasn't intentionally choosing to be that way. That's just how I was. And it was always get up and go and just that positive outlook of, you know, the glass is always half full. It's never been half empty. And how, how did you get into what, what you do now, which is performance coaching and hypnotherapy? Because look, I only know what I see on TV in terms of hypnosis. And you might tell me actually, it's nothing like that. What you do is completely different. So if I look into your eyes, am I going to get hypnotized today or is there other ways? Well, I can do it online. I can do it online. So I'm not going to tell you when I'm doing it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there's, there is that misconception of stage hypnosis and hypnotherapy. And whilst there's some similarities is a hypnotherapist is wanting to create change for your benefit. Whereas a hypnotist is looking to get you into that state where you're controllable your subconscious is open and receptive to ultimately potentially make you do say things that make other people laugh and the two are quite of a contradiction because one's trying to make a fool of you and one's actually trying to better you and move you forward move so that is something as a hypnotherapist you often have to say you know look i'm not going to make you cluck like a chicken don't worry you know you've got control you're in control so that is a yeah an interesting thing i have to uh, have to just make sure people understand like you're safe this is on you you've got control and in terms of how i got into it so as a key point in my life and as i've said before i was already i was a high performer i was getting into flow state easily i was you know i was working and thinking why am i doing so much more work than everyone around me and i was always getting into flow again i'm a flow state coach as well so i've developed that down the line but i didn't appreciate it and then i had my first daughter she's five now and a couple of weeks in, I was thinking, well, you know, I'm tired. I get back, you know, get back into the flow of, of things and get back to the gym and get back to my nutrition. And two months passed and I was thinking, this isn't what's happened. And I was still performing and doing well, but I knew it wasn't at the level I was just before. And it sent me down this rabbit hole of peak performance, high performance. And what was I doing wrong that I'd been doing right before? And how could I alter that? And it was all just for me personally. It's like, how can I get myself for selfish reasons, for my output, for my business, for me to do the things I want. And then it got me into flow state. It got me into human potential, got me into biohacking and the subconscious and hypnotherapy. And I'd actually always wanted to be a life coach. So I always, since 2021, I was, I'd love to be a life coach. And maybe it was a limiting belief looking back, but I thought, but how could I be a life coach at 21? I don't have the life experience. That, and now I would argue that I'm much better coach than I would have been at 21. But it maybe was a limiting belief that I could have been a life coach earlier because I understand more about coaching. But yeah, my daughter being born really pushed me in the direction of 
just get back to where you were. That was all it was about. Get back to where you were, get back to performing, get back to feeling great and having loads of energy and doing everything you're doing. That was where it started. Oh, and it's amazing how kids have these impacts on us. And again, before we kicked off, I was explaining to you why I started this podcast. And it was because of my kids and trying to give them and other people who have got children some inspiration around the future of work and just hearing diverse stories from so many diverse people. I've never had anyone with your background before, with a hypnotherapy background. So it's great. This is totally fresh for me as well. You talked about the subconscious and the power of the subconscious. I don't even know where to start with that. Like, break it down for me. What is it and why should we care? So the analogy that the people that know me will probably get bored of the analogy, but it is just the best analogy, is an iceberg analogy. So if you imagine that the top part of the iceberg that you see is the small part, everything underneath the iceberg, which makes up the bulk of the iceberg. So that top element we would deem as your conscious mind, and that's deemed to be around 5%. The big bit of the iceberg underneath is your subconscious, and that is deemed to be 95%. So that therefore means that 95% of your mind is subconscious. And if we're not aware of it, how are you expecting to control and alter 95% of your habits, your reactions? And yes, it's also responsible for breathing and digestion and things like that. But so if you're, if you've never been aware of it, you've only really been working on consciously the 5% and you will reprogram your subconscious and program your subconscious not knowing, because if you say, get up in the morning and say, I'm tired, I need a coffee, I'm going to have a bad day, then what you're actually talking to your subconscious. Whereas you get up and you think, I feel a bit tired, but no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a great day today. I'm going to have a great day. This coffee is going to set my day up and it's going to make me have one of the best days I've had in a week. That's more than likely what's going to happen. So it's really understanding that if you don't understand the subconscious, you are wasting a lot of effort and time on trying to change things just consciously. And so that 95%, how do we tap into that? Because when I think about my subconscious, the thing that comes to mind is my dreams and when I'm asleep. So when I wake up, I sometimes do think about what I dreamt. And often it is just a combination of lots of things that had been going on the previous day, but somehow they've been mixed together in this crazy kind of dream that I, I can't even explain. But during the day, I don't feel like I have these two parts of conscious and subconscious. So for the normal person, like, could you explain how they tap into that subconscious even during the day? Yeah. And, and that's the beauty of it is that you don't realize they're separate. And when you do the work, you don't think about the thing you're not doing because you're just not doing it. And then when you sit back in a week's time and you think, oh, I haven't done that thing. I haven't eaten past seven o'clock. I want to break that habit of eating past seven because I'm trying to lose weight as a really easy example. You get to a week down the line, you think, I haven't done that. I didn't think about it. But that is the beauty of it. And, and you know, hypnotherapy is an absolutely huge way to get into subconscious and suggest to the subconscious of change and habits. And I mean, that could be easily done during the day. And you, you, know, you can do recordings, you can work with a hypnotherapist and that's more bespoke. You know, that's obviously taking time out of your day specifically to do something. So that is one way. But if you were talking more 
just day to day. It can be affirmations, as an example. So you could get up in the morning, you could have a shower, and like we're just saying, you could say, "I'm gonna have, have a great day," or "I am confident," "I am calm." If you, if you're anxious, as an example, and just saying those things, it's "I am confident," "I am calm." What you're doing is you are consciously feeding that back to your subconscious, and then your subconscious is going to look for those things in your day that shows that you are confident and you are calm. So that's a, an easy one there, and so. I also do something called neuro-linguistic programming and they tap into the subconscious with different techniques, things like anchoring. But again, they're almost techniques you would learn with a coach or a hypnotherapist to start with. But an anchor as an example is you could say your thumb and index finger, you could tap them together. But within NLP or hypnotherapy, we would have created that anchor to create a state change within your body. So that would be in at the subconscious level. So let's say you felt anxious about a meeting coming up as a big meeting but you want it to change just to be present because that's ultimately what we're all aiming for is just to be there and in the moment and present then we could anchor that in your body to instantly change you from that state of feeling anxious to present there and then in that moment but you can do that yourself and you know, there's no problem doing that but obviously if you're working with someone that really understands how to do it it's going to be more powerful but once you know it you can use it at any point during your day yeah so it sounds like what you're saying is there's this voice in our heads. We have this kind of conversation with ourselves and reframing some of the language that we use to be more positive can help then almost embed that thinking into our subconscious. Would that be correct? Yeah, exactly. And it's sometimes it's the inner thought. Sometimes people will literally say out loud, like you know, say they drop a plate and they say, oh, I'm an idiot. So it's not just the inner, it's the outer, it's the internal and the external. So you be careful what you say to yourself. And in the old saying of like, would you treat someone else that way, the way you talk to yourself? And a lot of the time it's no. So if, if you're saying oh, I'm an idiot or oh, I won't go to the gym today because I'm lazy and you know, I know I won't. you're going to do those things. But if you, you have to be conscious of the language you are programming yourself with and that yeah, it seeps into your subconscious. It doesn't just get in there, it really seeps in there. And is there any sort of practical ways you can train yourself to start thinking like this and speaking to yourself like this? Because I was just imagining just spending hours on end in silence on your own, having those conversations with yourself and reframing some of that language is that one way or, or like, uh, what would you recommend that somebody does? In terms of the simplest way to start is I would say, write yourself like a little mantra that you put on a page, whether it's I'm confident, I am calm, whatever it is, whatever you need to be the opposite of the problem you've got usually is the best thing to do and write it down. But quite quickly, you'll have it inset and just say, okay, the first thing I do before I start work is I'll open up that could be on your phone. It could be a note on your phone. And I'm going to read that 10 times in my head. Simple as that. That's all you have to do. And eventually you'll know it. So you have to go on your phone and you just set you know, a note in your calendar. Affirmations. The other thing is gratitude is huge because we're negatively inherent as humans. We see all of the negatives and it, you know, it takes a lot of positive to outweigh the negative. But if you spend that time in the morning, ideally the same time as your affirmation. So you could say 10 minutes in the morning. Before I leave the house or the first thing I do when I get in the office, I'm going to spend 10 minutes, I'm going to read my affirmations and I'm going to write three to five positive things that happened to me yesterday. You know, I finished work half an hour early and I got to go and spend half an hour extra with my girls I wasn't expecting. 
and I was present and I valued that time. Then you think of that and it makes you completely change your state. Actually, that was amazing. Just that half an hour extra I had with my children, the way that changed my day and the way I can write about that this morning because I'm really grateful for that. It's now going to set my day up today in the right way because I'm bringing in those feelings of gratitude and happiness. And again, it makes you become present. And most of what we're talking about is how do you change your state to become present in the moment to remove all the negative talk? Oh, I love that. Thank you. Those are super practical tips that anybody could really go off and do. I'm really curious about the hypnotherapy angle that you talked about and if, for example, you and I were going to embark upon this coaching relationship, how would that work? Like, how would you tap into my subconscious through hypnotherapy? What would that process look like? And could you maybe handhold me a little bit along the way just to sort of explain to me what's involved? Yeah, sure. And I'm also an ICF registered coach, a flow state coach. So what my ways of working might be probably more practical, slightly different to a traditional hypnotherapist, but there's a lot of crossover. So, I mean, I'm also coaching at the start of the session. So let's say you came into me and we're at the start of a session. Yeah, there'd be something you'd want, you'd want to be working on. It might be, you know, let's say you've got a big meeting coming up, a big, like a game-changing meeting, and you've got to do a presentation and it's to all of the people above, you know, in the top of the business. And But it's something that could legitimately make or break your career. Okay, that's really something is legitimate that maybe you should feel worried and anxious about that. That's completely just. But what you're actually saying is, can I work on being able to control my anxiety and can I control my feelings of overwhelm and not being able to perform on the day? So how do we go about making sure that you're in the best place you can to be able to get that presentation out to your best ability to give yourself the best chance to do the things you want? So that would be an example area of what we would do. So Firstly, we'd we'd have coaching around that. So it'd be, you know, and I would be straight away looking at your language and I would be using subconscious and hypnotic language to you straight away. So you'd say, you know, this is life or death. And I'd say to you, is it life or death? So again, we're reframing to make sure that you're really making sure you're putting what this experience is going to be and looking at it from the right frame of mind. Because if you are thinking it's life or death, well, that could be the main cause of your anxiety. And actually, this is just a learning experience and there's no failure. There's only feedback, which is a a huge concept we use. So we'd go over that and we'd look at what the worries were, the anxiety. And then let's say the second half an hour of the session, I usually do about an hour session. We Physically, we do hypnotherapy. So the hypnotherapy would start with what's called an induction. So it's using hypnotic language to bypass your conscious and just put you in a very relaxed trance or i'm aiming to get you into a trance now there's similarities between sleep but it's not sleep but it's a very calm deep relaxed state and then once we've done an induction and what's called a deepener so we're then deepening that feeling of trance and that feeling you know you just completely bypass the conscious mind and you're working subconsciously and you're allowing your subconscious to actually speak to you and give you advice and allow change to happen and then once i'm in that state i would spend time in that state working on anxiety and letting you know that you know you don't need to be anxious is that anxiety or is it excitement because they're quite similarly matched in terms of that feeling are you actually just really excited about this experience about about this presentation you're going to do and because you know if you get it right that it could mean massive changes in your career and you could earn more money and so are you just really excited about it and it's it never has been anxiety 
and then we'd bring you back out of trance and give you a couple of minutes because you need a couple of minutes and you come back out of trance. A little glass of water to bring you, bring you back into conscious awareness. And then the magic happens after that because the subconscious now is understanding what it needs to do. And a really key point to all of this, and interestingly, we spoke about our children at the start, but again, it's estimated the subconscious mind is programmed around one to seven years old. And most of us never work on it ever again. So we're then conscious with our adult mind, trying to understand our child subconscious mind. And the two clearly don't link up because at five years old, you might have said, had someone say, don't do that like that. And that therefore means you think you can't do things right. But that's not what it meant. It just meant don't do that thing because it's dangerous. You might hurt yourself, but you don't know that. So you have to update your childlike subconscious to become an adult subconscious. Oh, that's fascinating. Just everything you've said there. The process of getting into a trance, like how long can that typically take? Is it just a matter of a few minutes or could that be a much longer process? So everyone's different. And within hypnotherapy, there's also something called a rapid induction, which is where there's almost a bit of a startle effect. I'd have to be with you in person. There is a couple online, but really I'd be with you in person. So that's most of what I do is aim to be quick. But the reality is everybody is different. So the time it will take you to go into trance will just be completely spoke to you and completely different to you. And the more you do it, the more relaxed and understanding you become of the process to the point where me just changing my tone of voice because I'm going into a, a slower hypnotic voice to make you feel calm. Well, if we've done that a few times, your subconscious goes, oh, here we go, we're going into, going into therapy. And it, it, so it just becomes a pattern recognition. But yeah, sometimes people first time two minutes and often if you meditate and you do a body scan or you do breath work, there's some similarities in terms of the changing of state for you to become calm. So if you've got that experience and you understand breath work, then sometimes you, the first time you might go in slightly quicker, but there's no right or wrong. It, that's what I mean. You're completely in control. And if you might hear what I'm saying, you might not hear what I'm saying. You might hear every word I'm saying, and that's fine. There's no right or wrong. Oh, thank you for that. And Leo, you must have coached many people. Could you share maybe one or two stories of people that you've coached without giving away any names or anything sensitive about how you've helped them transform from where they were to where they ended up and just maybe tell us a few examples of how you went about that. Yeah, sure. And like you said, mentioning no names because I, I am under uh, ethics and I am a, f a certified hypnotherapist. So, you know, I have to abide by that side of things. But uh, yeah, recent client I had had hypervigilance. So that, that, I mean, they didn't realize it was hypervigilance at the time, but they were getting up in the morning, going to work, getting to work not late, not in a rush, but feeling heart rate up, anxiety, stress, like what is going on? Like I've, I don't understand this. Like why I don't want to feel like this. It's not working for me. So we pinpointed actually that this was because I do embodiment. That is also a good way to get into the subconscious of getting in through the body. So what we found that was actually stored trauma in this example of a childhood event that was causing trauma. And the, the trauma had never been released from the body, never been released from the subconscious. And all we had to do was work on that, find out what it was. We did a, a regression within hypnotherapy. So we went back to their childhood, found the event that was causing the problem. And we worked on that and we released that trauma from the body and from the subconscious and never been a problem since. So that's a stored trauma example. I've worked with a client just on weight loss. But again, it's never just something. 
so again the the weight loss is okay so we can help with the weight loss through hypnotherapy because we can program your subconscious to like we're saying earlier not not to eat past seven o'clock if that's what the thing is causing the problem or not to eat the chocolate if it's the chocolate that's causing the problem but often they it still goes back to childhood so let's find and pinpoint the thing that happened to you in your childhood where you've now feel the need to you know is it comfort eating is it what is it let's find that out and that and again that's something and yeah i had a client lose two stone just through the use of hypnotherapy and the important thing is also the want so you know that client came to me because they wanted to lose weight not because they were told by someone else that they needed to go and see a hypnotherapist and coach because they should lose weight and that's a real key and important thing to remember yeah and roughly how long and how many sessions does it take for somebody to start seeing a, a a sort of a visible improvement again it's so subjective to the person it's so subjective but i mean you're going to feel better in your mind straight away mm. so i would always usually start with going more down relaxation route and calming and confidence and motivation so for me that's always one of the first sessions i do because who doesn't want to feel more motivated and calm and you know ready to to get that day underway so and that therefore me also gives you the ability to start understanding how hypnotherapy works and becoming used to it so you'll feel change and a motivational change straight away but it's all subjective so if it's weight loss well that's going to be you know there's a, a science to that as well in terms of you can only lose we should safely only lose a certain amount of weight and obviously that's to do with calories in and out so that again that's not my speciality but i'm just helping you deal with it from a, a mind perspective and the hypervigilance, I think we had four sessions and it was that was fine. But then there's something else. So what I find is I have clients that I might have four sessions and I don't hear from them for six months. And then six months, they've got something else that's come up because life happens. Stuff will happen. So then we're working on something different. And it's, yeah, it's rewarding in that sense. When you're already working with somebody and a problem comes up, you tend to react quicker so it becomes less of a problem in the first place. If someone at home was thinking about getting some coaching is there a decision point around whether they have more traditional coaching versus this approach? Are they two equal choices or is it one or the other? Well, I do both. So I instantly cater for both sides. So I think both have their place. But in my opinion, if you're not dealing with the root cause of something through the subconscious, then the coaching by itself will patch you up for a certain period of time. And coaching is leading you to find your own answers because you have the answers and it's helping you down your correct path which has got its place and it's great especially day-to-day -day within work and being able to talk to someone in the right way to, so they can solve their own problems but when we're actually talking about lasting change if coaching only works on the five percent conscious and hypnotherapy works on 95 percent, i think the numbers do the speaking to some extent and we're fast approaching time but leo i'd love to hear any recommendations or resources or even some of the great work that you're doing that people could then follow up with you directly on? Yeah, I've got some really good articles on my website. It's literally www.leohausen.com. And I've got articles and I'm going to be doing some free workshops as well as you know, some bits and pieces that people can join and really get to understand what hypnotherapy is. I've got a free download, an actual hypnotherapy free download coming up. That, so if someone wanted to experience it without having to commit to you know, going and seeing someone, it won't be tailored to your exact needs, but it'll definitely give you a really understanding. And that's a really good tool to have. I'd also say investigate into anchoring and what anchoring is because you can start to do that yourself. Again, 
the level of the change might not be as dramatic as working with somebody, but just understanding the concept and understanding the subconscious and how that works could be really good. We spoke about books and I've got a nice book that, so you might not have heard it, but it's The Rise of Superman. So that might come up as a mirror, but it's by Stephen Kotler, who is flow state guru. And I've actually trained as a flow state coach with him through the Flow Research Collective. So flow is a large part of what I do as well. And that is what a book is. Decoding the Science of Ultimate Human Performance. Wow. I think I'll be be getting a copy of that one for sure. Yeah, great book. Really good read. Excellent. And last but not least, Leo, one of the questions I like to ask my guests as we depart is, if you could have any superpower to wipe something out at work, what would that be? So for me, it would be to remove the concept of time. So what I actually mean is for us to get out of this mindset we have where people are measured on being in the office from 7am to going home at 7pm and they're deemed to be a hard worker. What we actually should do is remove time. And if you're in the office for two hours, but you do an output more of the person that's in the office for 12 hours, then why should you be condemned for doing two hours work for these 12 hours work? Granted, there's a happy medium between those. But the concept of time, the industrial revolution, nine to five, school, in my opinion, it's all aimed at a level of control that we are held over as society that I think we should break free from and look at productivity and output rather than time. Oh, brilliant. I love that. So it's very much focusing on the outcomes rather than just Mm -hmm. focusing on the time aspect of things. So yes, let's do that. I think We should all try that for a week or so and see how it goes. It'll be an interesting experiment. Oh, Leo, it's been such a fascinating conversation. I've learned loads. I didn't get hypnotized. I think I didn't get hypnotized anyway. We'll see. Just really great to hear the work that you're doing and the way that you're helping people really deal with some of those deep inherent, so not issues, but challenges that they're trying to overcome. So thank you so much. It's the end of another episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please do connect with me via LinkedIn and drop me a message and let me know your favourite takeaways from the episode. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the Superpower School newsletter so that you can be notified of all future episodes. Simply visit the website www.superpowers.school. Thank you once again.